and welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. Good morning, Ford Taylor. Good morning, Patrick Williams, as I finally call PW. I had someone the other day said, are you PW or are you P-Dub? I think they're, uh, I'm good either way. Yeah, I think, I think people call you both. I think you can either be a dub or you can be a W. <laughs> it's your choice. It actually depends on the, the age of the people. It seems like the younger people say P-Dub and the older people, not that you're not young at heart, Ford. I get it. But, I'm just old at brain. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> and face. <laughs> okay, here we are doing another episode of the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. We're here to help people. We want to help you learn to get lit where we love, influence, and transform. Ford, it's been a blast. We've shared a lot of tools. Uh, your stories have been impactful. Thank you. And uh, the feedback uh, so far has been really good. Yeah, and we're thankful for that. And so if anybody's listening and you have feedback, we, we, we like good feedback and we also like to improve. So any feedback you have, we'd sure love to hear from you. Ford, we're going uh, to talk about a subject today that I think of the leaders I've had in my life, good ones and bad ones. And I can always look at the bad ones. And they really didn't invite accountability from people to help them stay on track towards their vision, their mission, and their purpose. I don't know if it was pride. I don't know if it was ego. But as you work with leaders, based on the statement I just made, do you find that as well? Well, you know, PW, one of the things I say is you show me the most arrogant person in the room, and I will show you the most insecure. And so what happens is, um, I mean, that's what happened to me. You know, here I was at the top of the trade journals, and looking like I had my act together on the outside, on the inside, I was dying. And so, yeah, I do think it's hard when you have a dichotomy like that. You know, when you're hurting on the inside and putting yourself out on the outside, there's this gap that comes between who we put ourselves out to be and who we really are. And so when that comes, it is hard to say, hold me accountable, give me feedback, because I know for me that private thing was going on and so to get any feedback at all during that season, it was really hard to hear. You know, my wife, who I respect immensely uh, because she's my best friend, but also she's profoundly wise. And she shared that in her experience with female leaders, she's, she's found that she thinks it's harder for a female to find that person to hold them accountable than a man. Have you experienced anything along you know, gender lines there? Well, you know, like I say, my wife has shared things like that with me, and I won't go into that detail because that's for her to share, but there's things that she shared with me that I could never say as a man because it would feel, you know, like I was sexist or anti-female, and anybody that knows me knows that's not true, but I would never say some of the things they can say, you know, it's, you know, things like it's more difficult to work with women than it is men. Well, I'm not saying that, but I know that they can say that sometimes they feel that way. So in the transformational leadership world, we have acronyms and, and titles and words, but Bumper Buddy, uh, it's, it's so key. And we think of running through life and the busyness of life and you know, really trying to excel in different areas. The importance of this person or persons uh, in someone's life could really be the difference in them uh, being able to have influence 
uh, and love the way that we try to model it every day. Absolutely. And, and again, we use this term bumper buddy. Uh, I tell people if the term bumper people feels better to you, use either one. And even and, and sometimes it does feel better for other people. And so when I, when I make the comment a while ago that sometimes women say it's harder to work with women than it is men, sometimes, you know, men say the same thing. You know, it's a lot harder, it's a lot easier to work with women than it is men. So that can go both ways. Uh, the key is what you just said. Are we willing to surround ourselves with people that can bump us back on track if they see us getting away from who we want to become or away from the, the vision, purpose, and mission either personally or for our organization. You know, uh, there's this road that we all travel on. You know, it's got light and it's got darkness, but that bumper buddy, really uh, hard to find. But boy, once you find them, it's a lifelong relationship and trust that you have with that person. Yeah, you know, on this road that, that you're referring to that we call the road to Neverland, you know, how many of us have said, you know, I would never do that. I would never cheat on my wife. I would never drive drunk. I would never gossip about my best friend. I mean, all those things that we say we would never do, we have great intentions and we, we mean to never do those things. But for some reason, lots of times we slowly get off that road to Neverland of, of staying in that place that I'll never do them. And to have these people in our lives that, that catch us before we get too far off the road, that, can, that, that, that we love and, and trust so much that they can tell us when they can sniff or see us getting off the road before it's too far and bump us back on, there's a good chance we can stay in that place. Lord, as you've uh, experienced the, the friendships and the trust with bumper buddies, uh, the perils of the bumper buddy, uh, there could be negative consequences if this relationship is not almost with a social covenant. Like when we're together in this bumper buddy relationship, you know, how do we want to treat each other? Yeah. And again, the, the two key points on how we treat each other, the two big ones in this relationship, bumper people, bumper buddy, bumper person is love and trust. And, and, and the reason those are the, the two key ones is one is, is that you love me enough to tell me if I've got lettuce in my teeth. You love me enough to not let me walk around all day with pepper in my teeth from breakfast. Okay? In other words, if you see something in me that's a blind spot, you love me enough to tell me. And number two is, I trust you enough that I can tell you if my mind is wondering, if my heart is wondering, if my behavior is wandering off track, I can trust you enough that I can tell you because you love me enough that there's really nothing I can do that would cause us to separate. And when you get into that kind of relationship with people, uh, then guess what happens? We don't get so far off the road that we have those major failures like we've talked about on this podcast. And do you think, Ford, sometimes um, because we fear that we could offend or lose a friend that we really don't like we just share most of the information with them. I mean, how important if you're going to be in this bumper buddy relationship with someone, do we, how important is it to bring all of the truth instead of some of the truth? Well, you know, if you look at the website, what does it say? You know, we, we say, write your own personal vision, purpose, and mission. And we identify mission as what am I willing to do that others may not be willing to do? 
And if you look on the website, my personal mission statement is I'm willing to love, I'm, I'm willing to love and forgive unconditionally and be dangerously transparent. And so what happens is in these bumper buddy situations, whatever it is that we hang on to, whatever it is that we don't share, that's that crack that gets left open that can cause us to have a big fall off of that road. And so it's really important that we can share anything and everything. Now, but to answer your question, yes, a lot of people are afraid to do that. And there's, and there's typically reasons. One might be that they might have been in a relationship, something like this, that never fully developed to what I'm talking about, and that person might have hurt them. And because of their hippocampus, their brain that says, if I do this, I'm going to get hurt, they may be afraid to do it again. Uh, another reason is they may be afraid that if they do share the stuff that they might not want to share, that that friend will walk away from them. But PW, I say it like this. Everybody has a story. Only those too prideful to admit it have the ability to judge other people. And so if there's someone like that, no offense, I don't want to be in that relationship with them anyway. I mean, so why would I want to spend my time with someone you know, and so if they're going to judge me for sharing something, let's just get it over with in a hurry. I'm cool with that. And for me, you can go tell everybody else. It doesn't bother me. But a lot of people don't walk in that place. And so it is important that that love and trust is, is at, the, at the centerpiece of how we're going to treat each other. Yeah, we are talking about um, leaders who didn't invite accountability from anyone to help them stay on track towards their vision, their mission, and their purpose. Ford, by definition of bumper buddy, is someone who loves us enough to tell us when we're getting off track. So Ford, as we continue this conversation, um, let's really concentrate on the business world. Do you meet with, with leaders who say to you, Ford, I really don't have anybody? I mean, how would someone go about, because it's, it's hard to find people that you love and trust to the level that you just described. Yeah. So what advice would you give to people on how to find that person or persons? Well, what I have found is that the more vulnerable and transparent we are, it's amazing how many of those people are out there. In other words, we think they're not there, but it's because we don't stick our toe in the water. I think it's way more than you think. Uh, I think most of us want to be in that kind of relationship. I, I would just, I'm guessing here, 97, 98% of us, we want that kind of relationship, but someone has to go first. We have to dip our toe in the water and go first. Uh, I can't tell you how many times that I have sat with people and they'll share something with me in the first meeting and they'll say, I can't believe I shared that with you. I've never shared that with anyone. Well, why did they feel comfortable to share it with me? It's because I share my story. In other words, I, I can't judge you. There's nobody left that I can judge. I've made so many mistakes in my life, and, and, and all of us have. The, the key is some of them are different mistakes, but we make them. And the more vulnerable we are with other people, the more we're going to find that people are looking for this kind of relationship. But we're afraid of it because of our past or because we believe in our brains. We believe they'll walk away from us if we tell them. And I've found that's not typically the case. They typically pour their hearts out because they're dying to be able to share and get over whatever it is. And it doesn't even have to be something big and bad. 
I mean, it could be something that, that sometimes I just, it, it's so simple. It's like, that, that's the worst you got. I mean, it's like, but for them, it's a big, bad thing. Uh, I remember one lady that shared with me about being sexually abused. And, uh, and then she broke and she started crying. And she said, if I just hadn't had those red shorts on when I was five years old. So see, in her mind, she could never share what had happened because in her mind, it was her fault. And I just looked at her and I said, sweetie, there is nothing you can wear at five years old that makes this your fault. And boom, she broke. And then she started a ministry with helping sexually abused adults that had been abused as children. But because we have this thing that builds up in our mind that if we ever share whatever it is, that somehow, some way, people reject us. Ford, what do you say to people when they say they don't feel they're equipped to sit eyeball to eyeball with someone and someone share about sexual abuse or spousal abuse? The average person is really not trained or equipped to be in those conversations. A, how do you respond to that in the obvious answer is the TL tools will help you, but how do you respond to that? Because I do hear that from some folks. Right. Well, again, the tools will help be more equipped, but we still could get feedback that we are not equipped to handle. But just say it. Man, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to walk with you through this. I'm going to help you, but I am not the person that's equipped to help you the best. I've not experienced it. That's not my background. And let's go find the help, but keep walking with them. Because if we keep walking with them, guess what? If someone ever does share that with us again, we'll be equipped. But if we just walk away, I mean, how many people have shared with me that they have suicidal tendencies? I mean, it's so many people. Why? They've read the book. They've been to a training. They've watched TL On Demand. And they hear me read my suicide letter. Okay, so I am fairly equipped to help people. who are on the edge of the bridge because I've held the gun. I've been to the bridge, but if you're not equipped for that, know that there are people that are, and they're called psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, counselors, you know, get them to a place that can help them. Don't try to do it yourself, but don't walk away from them. For it is the bumper buddy, the bumper people relationship. Um, the ones that I've been involved with, the unbelievable lifelong ones are really two-way. But I've also, maybe because of my leadership skills or people are confident enough to walk up and ask for that relationship, uh, the ones I struggle with are, it's just you're pouring out, you're pouring out, you're listening, you're pouring out, you're pouring out. Those are tough. Uh, and I, I mean, I'll just say it on here. I, I've shied away from those or I've became too busy because they're draining. Yeah. Uh, they are, they are really tough. And it has, have I've went from strictly transactional to relational. I find these to be draining. I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. I mean, I can't be that person to all people. Right. Well, none of us can. So think of it this way, PW, uh, we all need mentors. In other words, people that we can see their taillights. And so I may see someone's taillight in a particular area, and they may see my taillight in a different area, but they're my mentor in that area. I have one that's uh, the father of six, the grandfather of 40, and the great-grandfather of more than that, okay? 
And so if I've got an issue around marriage or children, who am I going to call? I mean, here's a guy who's done it from start to finish. And so we all need mentors. We all need bumper buddies. And those are people that are more like peers who we're sharing with each other. And we should all be mentoring someone that can see our tail light. So we, we should really walk in all three of those places. But if we're in a relationship that's supposed to be bumper buddy, or even if we're the mentor and people are just draining, uh, you know, one of the things we teach is called the, the gas tank emptier and the gas tank filler T-chart. And we tell people to, to make a chart and on one side, write the word empty, the other side, write the word fill or filler, because all of us have things that fill us up and things that empty us. And, and to write on that chart, uh, places, activities, foods, people that empty you and people that fill you and focus more on the fillers. Because if we're full, it allows us to help people more that might empty us. And so the, I have a, who is a very dear friend now that had asked me to mentor him. And, and anybody that asked me to mentor them, my response is typically I'll get back to you. Uh, if they ask me to executive coach, even though they pay me a lot of money to be an executive coach, I don't necessarily say yes. I want to be sure they're serious about it because it's too expensive to get a coach like that and not be willing to at least try what they tell you because it just that's a waste of time and money. But but here was a guy that asked me, and, and I said yes. And But I tell them that if I'm going to be your mentor, here's the rule. The rule is that over time, we become bumper buddies. Now, if you always call me your mentor, that's your call. But for me, we have to become bumper buddies. And at some point, I'd like to have a place where you're my mentor. I just, I just kind of lay that out on the front end. And I had a, a guy that I was working with, and he was exactly who you just described. I mean, he was just, I mean, he was like Eeyore. You know, he walks in the room, everybody's tank goes empty. Okay. And he was Eeyore. And, and so he was asking me to help him with his children, help him uh, with his marriage. And, and one day we were having coffee. And here we were going again. And I just looked at him. I said, can I share something with you out of love? Can I love you enough to share? And he said, yes. And I said, brother, you are Eeyore. You are an absolute energy suck. I mean, you drain me. You never ask me about my wife. You never ask me about my children. It's always about you. It's always about your marriage. It's always about your children. And here's the sad part. You don't listen to me at all. And so that part of our relationship, it's over. Now, we can still be friends, and we can have lunch together. But that piece, don't ever ask me another question to help you again. <laughs> And P.W., the guy broke into tears. I mean, he just broke. And when he, when he looked up, he said, is there any chance that you would give me one more chance? I said, what does that look like to you? He said, I'd like to meet with you one-on-one -on -one, one more time, and I'd like for you to meet with my wife and me one more time. And I said, I'll give you another chance. And we come back to coffee later. First thing he asked me is, how's Sandra doing? And he, and he asked me specifically about all three of my children. I mean, he started the, I mean, he went first and he asked me, is there anything I can do to help you? I mean, he just, boom, went right there and I grinned ear to ear. And then I said, Hey, what can I do for you? And then he shared an issue he was having. So I met with him and his wife. And, and when we met, I asked them both, I said, I want you to write down five things you want your husband to change. I want you to write down five things you want your wife to change. And they wrote them down and they slid them in front of me. I didn't even look at them. I just slid them across the table. 
And I asked them both to read it. And I said, I looked at her and I said, can you do those things? She said, yes. I looked at him and said, can you do those things? And he said, yes. I said, if you do those things, we'll be friends forever. And you will never have to ask me again about your marriage. And all of a sudden, our, fa- our friends, we're now, all these years later, we're dear friends. Families are friends. His children have said thank you. And his wife has said thank you. But you know what? That would never have happened if I hadn't have told him he was Eeyore. I had to love him enough to say, I think there's something you don't see in yourself. And I think you're not just draining me, you're draining the people around you. But see, it takes a lot of love to do that, and it takes a lot of trust that even if the person walks away, you have to be okay with it. Ford, I know we're up against the clock, but I just want to get this in. I think this is important. I've challenged people to find bumper buddies, and they go, oh, I don't need a bumper buddy. I have my wife or my spouse. Speak to that a little bit, because I think that's important that um, we hear an opinion on that from an experience standpoint. Okay, so so my opinion is ultimately your number one bumper buddy ought to be your spouse. Ultimately, that ought to be the answer. Uh, often, there's things that it's important that we have a place for an outlet that our spouse might not be the best answer right then. Uh, I'll never forget when I asked my wife, honey, I'm ready. Let's do this thing that I teach on bumper buddies. You know, we've gotten really good with each other. Let's take it all away. Let's share everything. There's nothing I don't want to know about you. There's nothing I don't want you to know about me. And I'll never forget. She said to me, she said, I'm all in. But for now, could you still share your lust issues with the men that are in your life? And I said to her, I said, can I ask you a question? And she said, yes. I said, well, you know, you hear me share this on stage. You're in the audience when I share some of these issues. And she said, I really don't mind hearing them that way. But for now, I really don't want to hear them one-on-one. And so later she came back a couple of years and said, okay, I'm ready now. But see, there would have been a lot of pain that I had caused. And once that pain was gone, she was willing to go all the way with that bumper buddy. And so I would say, if your spouse is your bumper buddy, there may be some boundaries, depending on what it is. She may have some things that she only wants to share with her intimate female friends. You may have some things that you only want to share with your intimate male friends. And But over time, you would like to reach that place that those can be shared among spouses. Ford, from one brother to another, thank you for loving me enough to keep me on track to find my vision, mission, and purpose and tell me when I have lettuce in my teeth. Well, PW, uh, it's an honor to walk with you, and thank you for doing the same with me. I appreciate that. You're awesome. So we're wrapping. Bumper buddies, so important. Uh, You know, if you're a person of faith, you know, say a little prayer to um, have the good Lord find that person, show me that person, reveal the bumper buddy uh, that I am supposed to be in relationship with. Once we find that bumper buddy, it helps us to be better, and it helps us to have more love, influence, and transformation. Exactly right. And I would encourage you and your bumper buddies that you would not have a bumper buddy if you're married that you're physically or sexually attracted to uh, outside your marriage unless you have lots of boundaries around it. So I'd encourage that too because that alone is showing that your spouse, how much you love them if you're willing not to have these relationships outside the marriage. I do have some of those now, but my wife is actually the one that told me to go back and have those, but I've got lots of boundaries around them. So what happens? Uh, When we have these bumper buddies, they're built on love and trust. And when we love that way, what happens? 
our influence with the bumper buddy goes up, their influence with us goes up, we influence each other. And then we both, as individuals, we now can have personal transformation. In PW, as you know, I travel to many cities and countries. I never travel to a new city or a new country alone without a bumper buddy unless I've already developed that relationship there. And so you can have multiple bumper buddies. It doesn't mean that you meet with them every day or every week. It means that they're a part of your life built on love and trust. So have these bumper buddies and watch what happens. How your love will increase, your influence will increase, and the impact you'll have on the people around you. So let's get lit as we love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.